church boys. Now we don't normally do this, but we um, we are starting the show with a special guest. Um, Billy, are you about ready to wheel him in here? We're gonna get our fanfare here. I am. Nope, wrong one. <laughs> We're professional. Welcome, Kevin Sorbo, to the Church Boys podcast. Good to have you here, my man. What What the heck was that? I don't know. That's, that's our, a that great is, question. That's our actually, special guest know. fanfare that we play for the all of our is, special guests. What were guests. you thinking by coming on the show? That's <laughs> the real question. See, you could see Kevin's well, face. It's my just, pleasure. I gotta go. Yeah, yeah, you gotta go. Um, this This is yeah. This is what you're in for tonight. So thanks. Thanks for signing up. Um, but. What's exciting about this week? Did you know? Did you know, Kevin, that Lucas Miles over here has a new book out, The Christian Left? Have you seen this yet? I, I, I don't know. Did you mention that to me, Lucas? I don't remember that. Yes, you. I, your wife is having me on her show, and uh, yeah, it's of it is out. Course. I need to send you a. I was wondering. Yes, I wonder if you could recognize this quote, Kevin. Christianity Kevin is, is actually a, an endorser of the book. I, yeah, I, I am an endorser. Of the I was going to read his quote to him and see if he recognized the quote because my guess is that. <laughs> Like Billy, he didn't write the quote because, well, frankly, nobody's reading this book. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Lucas knows. I just give Kevin, I give. It's currently I give, number one on Amazon. It is. It's. But you whole, love to say, you should love to say that. That is like your, your love. Yeah, that's my new tagline. That's my new tagline for sure. But I love that. It's I love a whole, it. there's a whole lot of people buying this book. Um, but I was giving, I give Lucas a hard time about it frequently as, as I do with Billy, because uh, first of all, I am incapable of writing a book and much less reading a book, um, but that they have both made me pay full price for all of the books they've written. <laughs> so you gotta right. support your friends, man. That's right. That's, That's right. right. That's, That's right. right. So, so Kevin, yeah. I've got a lot of things to ask you, but, but I have to ask first, you're you're pretty bold on social media, and you and I have done a lot of interviews together. And you know Lucas really sure. well. Um, what what is it that made you say, okay, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna speak out. I'm gonna talk about what I believe. I'm gonna be open about it. What made you make that decision? Oh, you mean to make the decision to tell the truth and get attacked <laughs> with saying two plus three equals four? Um, we live, you know, come on, guys. We live in weird times right now. You know that it's insanity what's going on out there right now. I. I I look at the destruction of the moral fiber of America and the world as well. And you look what's going on all our streets. I became vocal about, gosh, about 12 years ago. And Sam, my wife, warned me. She said, I don't know if they're going to like it. And sure enough, a couple years later, my agent and my manager said, we can't work with you anymore um, because you're conservative and a Christian, which is like being a double leper in Hollywood, of course. And I said, wow, it's interesting because you guys are the ones who scream for tolerance all the time. But apparently... Tolerance in freedom of speech in Hollywood is a one-way street. But I got tired of it. Thank God for independent movies because I've kept my, you know, my passion still going. But I really enjoy doing movies that fight. Uh, the, you know, Andrew Breitbart was a dear friend of the family, and he said politics is downstream of culture. Who runs the culture? Hollywood does. Movies and TV. And uh, I'm trying to do movies that have a positive message instead of a negative one. Movies that have love and hope, redemption, faith, forgiveness. Things that uh, Hollywood has apparently forgotten that you can actually have those things in your movie. But uh, yeah. a lot of people want those things. A lot of people want to see that. 
Yeah, millions of people. I mean, there millions upon millions of people want that. There's a huge audience. 80 million for- households, but, you know, it's show business. But <laughs> apparently Hollywood doesn't want it. I tell them, they can laugh at us Christians all the way down to the bank. Look at right. all the money they make. But now their ideology is so insane. They don't even want to service the 80 million households out there. Yep. Mm. Kevin, speaking of movies, our movie that we just did together, The Penitent Thief, got nominated. Don just sent this to me for Best Picture in Red Letter Awards. So I thought that was pretty cool. So... Uh, and you know, festivals this fall, so that was awesome. I just did. I just did um, three speaking events in a row. I was in Lincoln, Nebraska, Pro Life. I was in, uh, in Dallas doing one at a church, and then down in San Antonio one. And um, at each one of those signings, I had people came up to me with the DVD for me to sign. That's so awesome. It, cool. That's really cool. It was. It was really cool, and uh, it was. It was neat, and it was. You know, it's an interesting idea because it's the perspective of the two dudes hanging next to Jesus. And uh, it gives a whole different point of view because it's something that's really never been done before in detail. I had a lot of of fun on your portion of that film too, just being in the soundstage. I I just, and I know you've done that a million times or whatever, but you know, I'm I'm the independent filmmaker. We're shooting on location for everything. And so just to be able to kind of construct, you know, Herod's chamber, you know, where it just, it was fun. So that was, that was a good shoot. Well, first cool. of all, it was a great movie. You did a great job in it. But how in the world did you get roped into a project with Lucas Miles? How does that happen to yeah. somebody? Like, was it a punishment? You did such a nice job on it. But how? Lucas came on the set of Let There Be Light, and uh, he just said, I got something on the pipeline. And I, there I was ready to go. I, who, who, look, let, I, who let him on the set? I like to ask. Who let him on the set? I like to be on the set. I like to stay busy, period. So uh, right. um, if I like a role, I'll take it. And um, it's as simple as that, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like what? So I was going to ask what goes into that for you, like making that decision, because you you have full control over what you do. Are there times where you you see something, something crosses your desk and you're like, I can't do that, you know? Um, Oh, sure. I get scripts, 20 pages. If they don't hold my interest, I move on. I get I get so many scripts sent away. I got a lot of stuff my own. I mean, I just went to LinkedIn and there was about 40 messages on there and half those messages. I got a great idea for a movie or I got a script. I don't have time. I mean, if, if they come to me and they give me an offer, fine. I've whittled down hundreds and hundreds of scripts down to about a stable of 20 that I want to do. And those are the ones I want to do. And uh, we're about to tick two of those off this summer, which is great. We finally got funded in the next Left Behind movie. Um, it's only taken eight years, but uh, we're going to start filming in July and August in Louisiana. Actually, in Baton Rouge, where we shot God's Not Dead. Nice. In the same location. So, and not... Oh, go ahead, Chris. I was going to ask who are, and what can you talk about the projects at all? Can you give any details about the projects? You said it was one of the left behind. Well, left behind is the next. And it's the next book from the LaHaye and Jenkins, right. you know, the books they wrote. And um, it's been years. I think the last one was seven or eight years ago with Nicholas Cage, maybe right. longer than that. And um, Cloud 10 got a lot of emails. I'm flattered and saying, why do you have Nicholas Cage? You need Kevin Sorbo in that role. So <laughs> I'm, I'm taking over his role in right. that movie. And I'll be directing it as well, oh, and cool. um, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be there, and actually, I'm leaving. I'm leaving at the end of this month. I'm shooting a couple of weeks in Mount Shasta on a new on a new one hour drama dealing with troubled kids at a camp. That's pretty cool. Yako Boyens is doing it. I know you, you guys might know Yako. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I'm off to Israel and Jordan to do another documentary. They've unearthed what they believe now is the oldest temple ever dug up in an archaeological dig. Wow. And, oh, wow. then, and then I'll be, um, I got one week left on the Reagan movie. I'm shooting that in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Dennis Quaid's playing Reagan. I'm playing his pastor. And then we're going to start into the, uh, the Left Behind movie. 
Well, I don't know if you know this, but I was raptured in the last Left Behind movie. So I was the last one. Yes, the la- the one no, the no. one with Cage. Oh, okay, yeah, oh, that's, that's right. great. Oh, you yeah. know the Cloud Ten guys. Were, were they, oh yeah, yeah. Were they stole so your pants. I had talked to them, and they told me about you working out. And then I talked to you, and you told me about it. But yeah, yeah I do know them. They're friends, and so yeah, I, I hung out on set, and I ended up doing that. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and my, I never got my pants back, which is something that was very strange. They were left, they were left on the set. It was very weird. That's what happened. Um, that's what happened. You got taken up. My character doesn't. So I did. I got, I was sitting in front of Jordan Sparks, and it was very hot on a fake airplane in the middle of like summer in. I think we were in Louisiana. Yeah, it was very hot. It was very hot, but it was that's cool. Right. We shot it in Louisiana, exactly. And I heard on Abby Johnson's podcast that you're going to offer potentially allow her to be an extra of some sort. So now. Yeah. You, you heard her. Abby says, she goes, Kevin, I'm very dramatic. I'm really good. I don't even have to line. Yeah. Give me, let me be the waitress that serves your breakfast, and I'll do it really amazingly well, she said. Yeah. And I said, well, you're in then. We're going to get her in somewhere. Well, you have to. And, you know, I'm SAG eligible, so just keep me in mind as oh well. Oh, my God. Oh, there, you go. so just, there we go. You know. Here anyway, I'm just I'm putting it out it's there. I'm there, putting it out going there. Going there again. Why not? Why not? Why not? He's going to have just a cast of weirdos Misfits. like me and abby and a bunch of other weirdos coming in <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, it's all good. so i'll come down and i'll i'll, I'll oh lead Lord. security for you kevin we'll keep these okay, people on set so you. yeah <laughs> oh i'm gonna man. stay in i'm hey, gonna guys, stay in my I gotta, throw out, I gotta throw out because it's not out there now but i uh i sam and i my wife sam and i are being honored along with president trump uh tomorrow night at mar-a-lago at the Lee Greenwood um, uh, Patriot Awards. We're getting a Patriot Award for the stuff that we do in filmmaking through the Sorbo Family Film Studio. So oh, cool. very honored. Congratulations. And we'll be sitting, sitting at a table with the president, and that's going to be pretty cool. That that's awesome. awesome. That's amazing. That's Congratulations. Um, uh, I don't know if you met, uh, I think, Edgar Struble, who's produced a couple films with yeah. him. He was on, he, I think he might be the music director for that. I don't think he'll be there, but I think he okay. did all the cues and different things. So he was oh, telling cool. me about the event. So, uh, yeah, that's that's super exciting. Mar-a-Lago's like hopping lately. Everyone's at Mar-a-Lago. That's like the place to be. I was just there uh, about two, three weeks ago at the Lincoln Day um, dinner, and it was pretty, pretty amazing. Mm. Um, I'll send you guys when we get down a picture. I'm at, I'm at the table with Pompeo on this side, President Trump here, and the best governor in America, DeSantis, right here. So it's a pretty. I asked Sam if I could be that make that my Christmas card this year. I, yeah. I love it. What did she say? No, it's got my vote. No, I'm in, I'm gonna put in the back of a Christmas card. That's perfect. perfect. Yeah, like make it the back side of it. Yeah, that's a good. Just do an alternative Christmas card and don't tell her. So just yeah, there you go. There you secondary, go. you know. Our Christmas card last year was us. Um, from two summers ago, since they closed Israel down because of COVID, we were at the uh, the embassy, and that the plaque with Donald Trump on there oh, yeah. finally brought the U.S. embassy into Jerusalem. So it's was, it was pretty cool. That was our Christmas card to uh, a year and a half ago. That's cool. So, <clears throat> what what has been the hardest part? Obviously, there's good parts about being so vocal in in politics and in culture on social media like what's been the toughest part for you well you know it's frustrating that we don't have freedom of speech i mean give me a break i mean i facebook took me down i was over a million followers at one time and it was down to about six hundred thousand because they've been shadow banning me the last uh the last two years and they've been taking chunks away like every month uh, you know ten thousand or twenty thousand there and every post i used to get would be fifty thousand two hundred thousand likes they would level it and keep it at 5,000. And I kept saying, what are you doing? Well, your stuff is very controversial. And I go, 
what's controversial about giving an opposite opinion of what you guys call, you know, when they say I, I can cause a problem when I post something, I got trolls on there saying, I hope you die. Yeah. hope your family dies and your kids die. But that they don't take guys like that down. I mean, it's very weird out there that this, yeah. this little wuss of a guy, Zuckerberg, who started Facebook by raiding women on the campus of Harvard. Where are the feminists up in arms over this little punk? And stealing it from the, Vin- the Winklevoss twins. Oh, I want to go after him. I do. I want a Hercules versus Zuckerberg lawsuit and uh, <laughs> see what happens there. Because I bet he doesn't have a sword over his head at his desk. No. That's what I'm saying. No. <laughs> That's a sword of veracity. And, and when whoever holds that can't be lied to, wouldn't you love to walk down Washington with that sword? But anyway... Um, um, uh, it is yeah, it is weird to because Facebook took me down. They won't let me get back on. They took away all my followers. Oh my god. So the whole Trump thing with Facebook, obviously, you know, you, you're in an interesting position there. They told you why, you now know what's your next recourse there? Like, can you can they you actually tell me why initially? I I got so much press off it. This is about five weeks ago. I had a week's worth of so many people doing press that they finally went to Fox and answered to, oh no, we warned him multiple times that he was posting. Uh, things about COVID that just weren't true. And I go, you mean I, I posted what all these other doctors are saying about mask wearing isn't true? I, I don't know. I just posted it and said, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about what these guys are saying about voter fraud? You know, I, why can't we have the opposing points of view? But apparently we can't have that in the world of Facebook with these little trolls that I would love to meet these guys, not to pick a fight. I'd love to meet the people that take me down and do that kind of stuff. Cause I already know in my mind what they're like and, yeah. and who they are, right. but I would love to meet them and say, let's talk about this. You know, one you- of them is bottom right over here. Probably. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This, they're probably little mousy guys, right? They haven't showered in a couple of days. So 30, uh, th- mid thirties, live at home with their mom's exactly, basement. And, exactly. uh, yeah. I have no idea who they are. Mom, I said I wanted the macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> and you got, and you got George Soros paying them and they're also living off our tax dollars. Yeah. Collecting yeah. Welfare checks so, so are you, is it an, is it an indefinite suspension? Um, as far as I know. Yeah. Cause that's, yeah. I mean, that's the, the, the quote oversight board for Facebook said that that they were justified in kicking him off his account, but they weren't justified. Trump, Trump, Trump I yeah. mean, but they weren't justified in the indefinite suspension, and that it, they had six months to remedy that to figure out what was going on because they were they were enforcing a rule that didn't exist. Yeah, well, they shouldn't have more control over the First Amendment than the government does. So I think that has to change pretty quick. So I think that C two thirty thing, whatever it is that they have protecting them, yeah. that's going to go pretty soon. I'm quite sure. There's a whole lot of well, you have. Well, you've got you've got a scenario where you know everyone's like, well, they're a private business, they're a private, yeah, but so so were broadcast companies and they were regulated. I mean, like at some point you have this conversation, and you know, conservatives are in an interesting spot on it because you know a lot of conservatives we don't we don't like too much regulation, but at the same time, you know, Facebook, Twitter, these these platforms are controlling so much of what is said huh. and done, so it becomes. Yeah. A real issue that has to be talked well, about, right? You know, it's interesting. They're promoting socialism, communism. They're p- promoting, uh, you know, progressivism. They're, pos- they're promoting all these things that uh, even though the people that run those companies, I think it's pretty capitalistic, but they're making a yeah. lot of money, aren't they? Yeah. Right. Okay, just, just checking. Right. I, I love the hypocrisy yeah. there as well. It's, it's, like the, it's like the 100 millionaires in Hollywood, A-listers, telling you how you, know, how you should live your life. Yep. And, you know... Meanwhile, they've got four homes. They fly private planes, all this kind of stuff. I mean, like I said, it's just it, it's so blatant 
and so ridiculously hypocr- uh, hypocritical. I just, you just got to go, this is just insane. It is nuts. Kevin, so talk to us about Florida. I mean, obviously, Florida is kind of leading the charge and, yeah. you know, kind of opening up everything else. Uh, I've been very pro-open for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, I'm here in, you know, I'm here in Indiana. I'm actually in Indianapolis. I just got done with an event that I spoke at. And uh, so tell us what's the scene there like and how are things going? And do you live and- in Florida? I do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We've been looking to move out here for, for gosh, six, seven years. I mean, I got family out here. My wife's got family out here. We come out here a lot. Um, since my Andro- Hercules and Andromeda years, I've shot over 60 movies, and I've shot probably 90% of them in Texas or further east. And I kept saying, why are we dealing with the traffic and taxes and the insanity of the politics of California? And obviously, I'm not the only one leaving. I just read an article the other day, L.A. County alone, 200 people a day are leaving L.A. County alone. And uh, unfortunately, these bozos, they moved to Nevada, Arizona, <laughs> here in Texas, and they vote the same way. They're yeah. going, we got to get out of this state. We can't afford it. And it's, it's that's the definition of insanity. <laughs> but, Florida, but Florida has been pretty much open the whole time. They shut down those two weeks that they said, please shut down. After that, our governor said enough of this stuff. You know, yeah. go back to work. And uh, is COVID real? Yeah, it's real. So is the flu. And it's also a, a, a disease that has a... Uh, a virus has a 99.7% chance of recovery if you get it. We need to protect the people we know we need to protect. So I don't poo-poo the fact that it's dangerous. I haven't seen my mom in over a year. She's 89 years old. She has pre-existing conditions. I totally get it, and I respect that. Yep. And I, I, you know, Sam and I like to say we're not we're not anti-mask, even though we are, but we're pro-face. We're pro-face. <laughs> well, I'm tired of seeing seven-year-old kids wearing masks. This is crazy what we're doing, and they're doing it on purpose to control our lives of every level of government right now, telling you how to live your life and how you got to be afraid. If I go in the grocery store here at Publix and don't have a mask on, some people just, they're so bought into it. They just look at me like I'm part of the walking dead and they'll get, get turned away the other way and go down by the, you know, by the it's, dairy set. It's not because you're, it's not because they're seeing Hercules. It's because you it don't could be, oh. it could be. And they didn't like, they didn't like me on that show either. But either way, they're scared. So the crazy it's, thing, the crazy thing about the, the survival rate that you mentioned, the other side of that is the death rate. You got to cut it probably by five, cut it, you know, cut it by five, divide it by five because the CDC estimates that about five times as many people who have been diagnosed with it have actually had it. Yeah. So it's yeah. not it's not 30 million people have had it. It's 150 million people have had it, according to the yeah. CDC's it's, it's, own whole, number. The whole thing is, is, is crazy. The numbers are inflated in a lot of ways, too. We're paying the hospitals. They say everything's COVID. We're giving like $19,000 of our tax dollars if they say it's COVID, and it's over 35000 if they die of COVID. I mean, if you tell yeah. me you're going to pay me thirty five grand to lie, I'll start lying like crazy so I can start funding my movie. <laughs> you know? yeah, was- amazingly, there's only been like 500 cases of people dying from the flu this year, when it normally is 40000 or more yeah. with the vaccine we've had for eight decades. But let's not talk about that it's either. Stop making sense, Kevin. Stop there's- making oh sense. Yeah, there's- oh. there- logic, and- logic has not applied to this situation from day one. No, so. no. And, you know, I, not. I'm not going to begrudge anybody the the fear that was in the fear that was going on at the beginning of this a year ago or a little more where people said, you know, let's just socially distance, you know, stay at home for 14 days to flatten the curve. This is something new. And I don't I don't blame anybody for getting into that, buying into that. We are extending. Oh, the, the curve it's ridiculous. We're we're yeah. extending it's, it. got, it's gone crazy now. But yeah. anyway. Oh, my God. So so you got out of how long ago did you move from California? 
Uh, two and a half years ago. So are you glad to so, not be taking part in this recall thing that's going on there now? Get rid of that guy. That guy. That guy is beyond he evil. Is and trouble. It, it, it's it's insane. It's crazy. Look, I miss I miss the geography of the state. I love yeah. where we lived up in Westlake Village. Um, but I love it out here. You know, we're on a lake. I go out with my boys off our dock. We're catching four pound bass. I mean, um, I, you know, people say, "Well, what about the humidity?" And I'm going, "Dude." We get four months of really hot and humid weather. I grew up in Minnesota. Well, do I want to be in four months of 20 degrees below right. zero? <laughs> exactly. Four months where I can still golf outside. So are you golf? Exactly. Are you golf side or Atlantic side? I'm on the. Uh, we're on the Atlantic side. All we're right. just outside of West Palm Beach. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Florida. Florida's a great state. Do you, do you do you think this is where you're going to be forever? Like you're going to stay in Florida? Oh, this, this, this is home. I got to be honest with you. I have more, had more business contacts here. In just the last year than I had in the last 10 years in, in California. You were telling me that when I saw you at CPAC. Yeah, oh, that's, that's it's, amazing. It's unbelievable the people that I'm meeting. And then I, uh, one of my other movies I'm doing, uh, hopefully in the fall, um, is going to get funded by a guy that I golf with. I just golfed him one time, and he said, well, I've golfed him many times since, but my very first time golf with him, he said in the parking lot after we golfed, he said, we were supposed to meet. Of all the golf courses you could have joined here in Florida, you joined this one. And your first time playing is with me because I love the movies that you do. I love the good messages that you do. I'm funding your next movie. So that's it's going to be uh, Dean Kane and myself. We're teaming together in a movie. That's going to be pretty cool. That's what awesome. role will I be playing in that one, Kevin? <laughs> You're going to play the um, the gas station attendant. I'll, I'll do Perfect. it. That's typecast. He's straight out of central casting for that. Well, actually, 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 you can be. You can actually be one of the uh, one of the high power attorneys. You guys got to deal with no. Dean Kane. How about that? That I am in. I am sold. Right. I'm sold. You should have all three of us on. Imagine that. Be quite the cast. Be good for ratings. Did, did you need a janitor? So. <laughs> um, well, <clears throat> so that's fascinating. Florida, Florida. I would love to get out of New York. I can't stand New York. New York is like little California. Billy, I don't know why you're there, Billy. I, I have, don't know why you're there. I have offered you multiple times that you could, you and your wife. Could move in here with me and my family. We have a big just right house. into your house. Well, yeah, just I mean, did you right lose your mind. And just, but where are you at? Where I'm, are you at? I'm in Eastern Washington, so in the People's Republic of Washington. But yeah, I'm on the it's, yeah. But I'm on like the, the East Side, are, so yeah. we just we pretty much just ignore Governor Inslee, and we're walking around doing our own thing anytime because we're I'm a town of 1,500 people. I mean, in we're oh. the one we're the one town in the county, and there's it's like Mayberry. No, oh, it is. It's wonderful. I like it's it. So, it's and then I'm I'm normally up in South Bend, which we just got done with the reign of uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, which we're glad that he's uh, oh my god he's out. And um, yeah. so I'm my office is downtown, right across from the mayor's office of my film business. And uh, yeah, but we just passed South Bend, so it's a we're obviously red state, blue county, but we have our county commissioners are three Republicans, and they just passed the first, uh, I think, one of the first in the country. Uh, anti-vax passport, um, uh, basically, you know, bills or orders or whatever. And really? so they kind of led the way in that. So that was kind of cool. What are, what are your thoughts on the vaccine thing, Kevin? Uh, I don't buy in it. I don't believe it. Uh, if, if this vaccine is so amazing, you get your two shots. Why do you have to still wear a mask? Right. I mean, that's the biggest giveaway to me. And, you know, I've heard a, num a number of different reasons out there not to take it. And, um, you know, it's, I've had people take it. I got very sick. I've had other people took it that nothing happened right. to them. Um, but the reality is it hasn't been approved by the FDA. I think it was rushed through too, too, too quickly. Right. And why do we have to vaccine people who are healthy? 
I don't get that. If you if you if you have not gotten it or you've already had it, so now you got the antibodies, you still need to take it. This forcing us to do this kind of stuff. I don't know, guys. It smells a little bit like uh, you know. I love how the left always likes to throw out the the whole the whole Nazi thing all the time. Yeah. But uh, the rea- the reality is, um, uh, you know, Antifa. They're against fascism. They're the fascists. Right. I mean, the, the, the amazing <laughs> thing about the left is it's all about projection, right? It's yeah. all about projections, yep. what they do. They push things on you, push things on you, and say, you're guilty of this. They're already doing it. And that's been going on for a long, long time. And yeah. so and I, people I, will forget, take, I will not be taking the vaccine. People forget that, you know, the Nazi party was the National Socialists, you know, hello. part. I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's kind exactly. of... And look, I, I no, mean, I, they don't know that they don't teach history anymore in school. <laughs> yeah, this, they this, teach, this is they true. They teach kids to hate America and that you're white. You're a horrible, horrible person. I mean, we brought racism worse than it was in the 60s. Yeah, Bill, Billy's it's horribleness just, is is completely unrelated to its skin color. Oh, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if if uh, I mean, I've, I've traveled, you know, like like I'm sure, you know, uh, Kevin, you have as well. I mean, I've traveled all over the world, you know, 22, yeah. 25 countries or whatever. And I've had to get vaccines for traveling to various countries sure. and, you know, yellow fever and, you know, typhoid and different stuff like that. And and I'm not in any any rush to put one more vaccine in my body if I don't no. need it. And no. so, you know, um, and and it's it's the, the policies around the vaccine are probably worse than the vaccine itself. But it's yeah. it just, you know, why do you have to force? Why do you have to do this? I, if somebody feels like they need to get it, go get it, you know, get I, it. but, but, uh, exactly. but to try to force everybody on it. I think that's where it's concerning. And uh, it just, it just, you know, it just kind of reeks of this sort of soft totalitarianism. Um, yeah. it, it, it is. And that's what we're doing right now. People I'm trying to find this one picture to share it with you guys. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's insane. Uh, little girls, they're telling, you know, if you want children, not be a good idea to take this vaccine. So uh, yeah. there's a just I don't know, there's too many weird things going on with this thing right now, and I'm and, and I don't fact, I don't I don't quite get it. And the fact that there's no there is no recourse for anybody if 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 there is a long term health problem. Oh, look at that. Let's go down a little bit more. Oh yeah, yeah. there it is. Huh? All right. Very nice. Very nice. Cool stuff. So, Love okay, it. Let me He's ask- the only other guy besides my dad that calls me Kev. <laughs> so. I hadn't seen him in a long time. We we golfed together in a charity event back, gosh, in Lake Tahoe back about 15 years ago. It was during when he was still doing Apprentice. Yeah. And had a very nice lunch afterwards. And I hadn't seen him in a long time. But during that last year of his presidency, during the uh, during the election year, he um, he retweeted me 10 times. I thought that was wow. pretty cool. So I have a question. You, you've seen him recently. Uh, uh, Billy and I were noticing the other day, that it sure looks like he has lost some weight. Do you feel like he's lost weight? He's I think he has, I think he's lost some weight. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I think the cooks at Mar-a-Lago are feeding him healthier than they were in DC. I don't he's know. He's not eating all the <laughs> all the Big Macs. Does now. he seem relieved or calm or just like? Because I would imagine after the stress, no matter who you are, after the stress of four years of being president. Yeah when you could lay back and not be president, that you'd be a little relieved. But weren't you amazed during those four years, every day being attacked by the press, every day, no president's ever had to gone through that. Um, Even my mom wouldn't want to vote for him because he said, well, I don't like him. Well, you don't have to like, don't vote him to be your friend. Vote for what he did for the country. Lowest black unemployment, lowest Hispanic poppy, I mean, uh, unemployment, all these things uh, were so good for the country. And the list goes on and on and on. It's incredible. Uh, But he had... Guy is what's he seventy five now? The energy level is really amazing. Yeah, 
I mean, boom, 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 boom. You know, you see Uncle Joe, our resident in chief there. He looks like he's going to fall asleep (laughs) and not remember three sentences every time. (laughs) It's incredible. Kevin, I remember we talked, um, I don't don't know if this is 2014 or early 2015. And I don't know if you remember, we were on, uh, we talked on the phone briefly. And I remember you shared with me, you know, hey, I've, I've been, I've been really looking at the candidates and I'm thinking about coming out and supporting Trump. And, and, you know, you had mentioned that you'd talked to a couple other, you know, guys in Hollywood and, and I, I, and I was going, yeah, it's absolutely, you know, because I was, I was a fan from the beginning. And uh, I just, I, you know, look, I, I think that, you know, I, I just appreciate you, you speaking up on these issues and being consistent on them. And I think that, you know, people are seeing that it matters. It's encouraging a lot of people. Well, you know, before he ran and made a decision which side to run on, they, the liberals loved him. He was on yeah. all the talk shows. He yeah. was on Howard Stern all the time. He was on all the ta- night shows. I mean, it's just weird. He Once he put that out there, look, we need to save this country. And even the Republicans don't like him. I mean, we got so many rhinos out there. Um, I, I remember I spoke when Romney was running uh, against Obama in this, for his second term. I spoke at the Republican breakfast in D.C., and I got up there and chastised the guys. I said, you guys, you rhinos out there, you got to wake up. You know, every time every time we give you the House of the Senate, you guys do nothing. You do nothing. And uh, if you give it to the Democrats, they do a lot of stuff, but they just make things worse. Yeah. And I'm wondering when people wake up to see that. How many times you got hit over the head by the policies <laughs> that these people have? Right. Um, I mean... The Democrats, I mean, apparently they're... one more time at least. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, OK, we won't, get, we won't get into the voting thing. I, I know I voted. I just don't know if it was counted or not. But, you know, <laughs> well, Kevin, hey, we we're appreciate so much you coming on and uh, just for giving us some time tonight and just for, uh, you know, joining uh, joining the church boys here for an evening. Hey, I got to throw out some quick things for yes. people out there. Please. Yeah, hit it. I got a wonderful, wonderful family movie out there right now. And it's called it's called The Girl Who Believes in Miracles. I shot with Mira Sorvino and Peter Coyote. It's wonderful. Uh, Pure Flix just picked up another one of my movie, uh, Bernie Bernie the Dolphin. Yeah, my I, kids I, are I really obsessed did. with it. My kids are obsessed with both of them, one and two. Do they have both of them right now? Yeah, they awesome. well, they've been watching both. Yeah, and, and awesome. Pure Flix is getting it, so we had an early look at one of them. Yeah, but they're, so, they're uh, so so awesome for that. And then I've got the number one documentary for about four months. It's still out there in the top three. Before the wrath, check this out. Before the wrath, like the wrath of God, it's a, it's a great look at the book of Revelation. And I got another documentary called Against the Tide. Go to againstthetide.movie. I interviewed the amazing John Lennox apologist, who's debated all the great atheists like Singer Dawkins and Hitchens and those guys. That's we cool. spent three weeks in Oxford, two weeks in Israel. He's amazing. He's a wow. rock star. He, he he kills them with love, kindness. Uh, Jesus, God, the the Bible verses, and he sounds like Winnie the Pooh to top it all off. He's a great guy. <laughs> and if that doesn't he's work, hard, he's hard to hate for them. He's, he's very hard, hard to hate. hate. He's hard to hate. And if that he's doesn't work, he pulls man. off that sword off Kevin Sorbo's wall and takes care of business. <laughs> and he slays him. Yeah. And there's over over here's me me with Mr. Arnie Palmer right there. Oh yeah. I, I got to know Arnie the last twenty years of his life, and I got a wonderful letter over here that he sent me. Three months before he passed away, and uh, cool. it was a wonderful wow. letter I got. From oh, that's him. great. Mm. Well, listen, it. we're going to have you back again soon. We All appreciate right. it. All right. When this summer, when uh, when a miracle in East Texas comes out, yeah, let's absolutely. do it. Absolutely. Is it uh, absolutely. Jet? Is Jet Jergensmeyer in that? Um, the, the boy, Jet. No. Jet. Jet. He was on uh, Last Man Standing with Tim Allen. Played like the the grandson. No, no, he's not in that. Okay. All right. All right. Well, um, his name I couldn't figure what it's from. So uh, yeah, 
But Kevin, uh, no, he's not we, in it. We got uh, a Miracle in East Texas. We got John Ratzenberger. We got Lou Gossett Jr. Tyler Main, WWF guy. He's he's uh, yeah. Sabretooth and X Men. Oh, nice. Yeah. Six nine, dude. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. That's well, cool. so we're going to see you in a couple months at National Religious Broadcasters, like a month and yes. a half. And then I'll see you on set at God, at, um, not God's Dead. I'll see you on set at. Uh, <laughs> Left, left behind. behind. Yeah. Left so, yeah, we'll I'm excited. Talk about that. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll see you later. All right. See you. Bye. <laughs> oh, You're not awesome. getting the part. Nah, not, it's not happening. It brings me such joy. Let's uh, start the show. All right. Here we go. All right. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen. Hello. From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. Billy Hollowell. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? It's not what he said, you ignorant wretch. Chris Field. Bad guy in little coat. Let me tell you why I suck. Lucas Miles. I want you to forget what you saw here today. Aw, I've interrupted happy time. The Church Boys. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I hate these guys. You know, it It just struck me as I was listening to our intro. Apparently, I don't listen to it. Um, every, I think every movie clip is somehow connected to Saturday Night Live. So. Uh, probably like in the 80s when you were 90s, 80 years thank old. You, 90s, so. thank you very much. But anyway, I can't. That I was can't. Cool. Well, that was fun. That was fun. Yes, like that was good. That was, was good. good. Kevin, Kevin's fabulous. I've, I've worked with him on a couple of films and... Just always enjoy connecting with him. I was really hoping. I, I asked the question about California's recall election, not because I wanted his take on Newsom, but because I wanted his take on our on our decathlete that's apparently running well, for governor. I was not going to announce that I have the COVID vaccine during that conversation. I was I was I about to. I was about to. Well, go, I, I mean, I know, Kevin. I, I almost called you out. I almost you could have. You, I was waiting for one of you to. I was like, this is the I was going to say something but. like, Billy took it, but he had, he had heard it was a, a get thin shot. Well, there you go. I mean, I, yeah. No, on the mandate part, on the mandate part, I agreed with what he was saying. Yeah. I thought, you know, if you're going to mandate it, I, there were probably three or four parts that I didn't agree with or think were true, but that's the beauty of free speech. We right. can say whatever and, we want. Right? And, the, and, the, and that's the thing about, I, I, listen, I'm anti-manda. I'm pro-vax, generally speaking. I, I'm anti-mandate. Anti but the people who are vaccine hesitant, someone who's, who may be like me, um, who I don't know if I've had COVID or not. I would guess that I have, but I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm COVID hesitant because it's still in the testing phase. So all the millions of people who have taken the vaccine we're part of the testing phase because we're in this emergency authoriz use authorization time. And that's, and to me, it's like, if it's FDA approved, then maybe, maybe I'll do it. I don't know. I don't know if I need to, but it's kind of like our relationship with Edify. We're still in the testing oh, yeah. phase. They don't know if we're going to keep us around or not. Speaking of, but we should probably you know what? We're going to try it out for a little bit and see how many people grow a, you know, third eyeball. And listening to this. Speaking of, speaking of Edify, we'll give a little plug to Edify. That's our, one of our, our podcasting homes, E-D-I-F-I. Go into your app store, download it. You can play every Christian podcast. Look at me giving a little advertisement. Every uh, Christian podcast. It's almost like they paid us. Pretty much. Pay. Not every Christian podcast, but the vast majority of Christian podcasts are in the player. They they are in the player. And our show is in the network. There's also the Edify Podcast Network, which Abby Johnson and Luke, the Lucas Miles the Lucas show. Lucas Miles are show. We, <laughs> and, and many others. Are, and we were featured last are, week are, at the top of the app. Oh, wow. 
did you as did you, we should be as we should yeah. be this because of our superior talent um since we're not getting i i have a question on compensation how many of the shows that run on edify i won't okay well, never mind give it to them for free that's what i want to ask you everybody really yeah everybody now, because now. everybody in the network um, okay, i'm just is, i'm just giving you a hard I, we don't do this for money clearly we don't do it for well, skill you, i do i'm still belly, waiting for my well check. edify edify is just, just paying to... lucas and i you're not getting anything you didn't know oh, yeah that. chris you're not getting something <laughs> we fixed the glitch lucas lucas <laughs> do you Look at this book, The Christian oh, Left. Let's let's talk about this now. Lucas, you can't shut the heck up about this book. It's all you've been talking about. I have done a hundred interviews. interviews in the last two and a half months. Yeah, you're out of control. Um, and your book is doing well because you are promoting it like a salesman selling encyclopedias in the nineteen fifties door to door. Right. And they are flying <laughs> you know off the shelves, these books. I've read some I've read some of this book and um well. I've read this, at least this passage. This is my favorite part. Lucas Miles is a trusted voice in American church who addresses challenging topics in theology, politics, and culture. He hosts Faith, Faith Wires, the Lucas Miles Show, and co-hosts the Church Boys Podcast. That was my I did. I did see that. We made the book. Hey, also, I hope you guys we, up. we being the name of this show and Billy, by the way. Well, Chris, Chris's favorite part was a little subchapter titled Turning Stones into Bread, which <laughs> I was... <laughs> I was actually not surprised to see that it was all about food um, and Jesus multiplying food for. So my mom you know. actually, to be in all fairness, I'm actually telling you the truth. This my sister bought this book and was, um, and my mom saw it. She said, oh, "Can I look at?" So my mom started. She was teaching or something. She took this with her for a prep period, and she was reading it at school. And she goes, "So you know, I've been I've been reading your friend Lucas's book," and she goes, "So what do we need to do?" She goes, "Because it's so." It's depressing. She goes, there's so many broken. And she said, I don't even know. I don't even know. And my mom, listen, and this is coming from Nancy Nazarene, who's super active in ministering in the community, right? So yeah. She goes, what do we do? What? It yeah. You got to so, get to the end of the book for that. It's exactly what she said to your father. Right. What do we after do? After you were now? born. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, they didn't. When, yeah. When it's, I, was, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I really wanted to set up the problem of what's happening because most people don't realize if, yeah. unless you are really deep in this conversation you don't realize how bad it is there's this subtlety you know on the left you have like the statements from warnock of like you know there's something more transcendent than you know the 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 cross of christ you know at easter or the the resurrection at easter and um you know it, it, i don't think people really realize what's being said and they also don't realize that progressive christians and liberation theology which is most of those on the left it, it liberation theology literally teaches that we worship meaning them that they worship a different jesus than what christianity has professed for the last 2000 years so that is in liberation the theologians language they literally admit that they're worshiping a different Jesus than what the church has been proclaiming. So what is it? so liberation theology and we have talked about this before but the the name the words liberation theology what does that mean where did that that name for that where what was where did that so drive I, I don't know necessarily the you know the the total um you know where that where that phrase came from, but liberation theology was birthed originally with a guy named uh, I believe his last name is Gutierrez, who was uh, a priest in South America that basically combined Marxist theory and Catholicism, 
it was uh, later um, and sort of almost, you know, uh, you know, to some degree tangentially like uh, uh, inspired here in the U.S. with black liberation theology. Right. Um, which, you know, we hear a lot today, you know, called critical race theory. Um, and that is there was a guy named James Cone that was sort of one of the early founders of that. Um, and basically it is saying that God has favorites. Hmm. God chooses the oppressed. He loves the oppressed. Uh, black liberation theology would actually go as far to say that God is oppressed himself um, and and that God loves the oppressed um, and anybody who is in a place of privilege that he hates. Right. And and so the Bible literally says that God is not a respecter of persons, right? right? He doesn't respect you based upon how much money you have in the bank, how much Bitcoin you have, what your job is, you know, what your skin color is, Um you know, and so, but liberation theology really presents something contrary to that, and and it it sort of you know creates that there's a spirituality in being poor, uh, that you know it's it's almost that we don't want to rob the poor of the blessing of being poor, so we're going to create a way in which to keep them poor and kind of minister to where the, they're at versus you know more of a Christian you know traditional Christian mindset, which is. Hey, we want to help you where you're at, but we want to help you get out of that, right. you know, to be able to grow and 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 find hope in all areas of life. So Can I ask you a question about that? Because yeah, it seems like <clears throat> there are some things in scripture that would point to if you if you abuse people with power and money, right? And I'm just trying to get to the root of where this ideology comes from. If you abuse people when you have power and money and you mistreat people, you know, it's not gonna go so well for you. That God right. doesn't like that and that blessed are the poor right so you start to take those pieces and pull them out without the full mm -hmm. context of everything right? Yep, right and you could yeah. see where people would walk away with that ideology. yeah so i give uh i pull some stuff out of kind of the mosaic law in the book in one section you know some of the things that you're mentioning but i also show the flip side of that and so a lot of times people will only show the mosaic laws <laughs> that were that kind of kind of that basically seem like they're pro poverty you know, and 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 they miss the ones where people are also, um, you know, that it's also, you know, basically shown the unrighteousness of taking advantage of those, you know, who are in a position of power or authority or, or you know, privilege. And so uh, and look, there's always somebody who has more privilege than you. I mean, everybody that is, you know, we have we have I mean, every single person in the United States, for the most part, is still in what the 80th, 90th percentile in the world or oh, something, sure, yeah, yeah. you know, when it comes to that. And so it, it's really funny. I mean, I get messages from our pastors that I work with over in East Africa and they're looking like they were looking at stuff last summer and they're going, what is happening with our brothers over there? Yeah. We don't understand, you know, what is going on. And, 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 you know, by that they meant, you know, just really Christians on the left who were, who were giving into this, they were so horrified, um, to see this, they could not understand what was happening with the riots, what was happening, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, some of the uh, just flip flop that was happening with some of our national pastors and everything. I mean, it was horrifying to them. Um, and, you know, we get so elitist here, you know, with our mindset and and it, it, we don't realize that, you know, I mean, man, if you're in this country, you're blessed just to begin with. Right. So and it's it's amazing. Well, and, yeah. The, 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 this this idea that. that they want to focus on this left wing theology wants to focus on fairness. Right. And it's like, listen, if you really wanted fair, you're kind of, you know, <laughs> you know, you're SOL. Right. But, um, but this idea that, that we, we believe in equality. We don't believe necessarily, we don't believe in sameness. We're not all the same. Right. And it's not, is it fair that like Jesus gives a parable of the talents, right? 
one guy's given five, another guy's given what two or three, and another one's given one, right? Right. That's 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 an example of the talents, like the word talent that we have in our vocabulary comes from that parable, and that's Jesus saying, listen, not everybody has the same talents, and everybody's the same number of talents, and that's okay. Yeah. And is, is yep. it fair? No. Right. But then at the same time. They don't actually understand what fairness is because he has the the, the the parable of the of the of the workers in the field, right? Where the guy goes out and hires people at five o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning, and then hires some at nine, and hires some at noon, and then hires some at like five o'clock in the afternoon, and then kicks off and you know knocks off at six o'clock, and he pays them all the same, right? And the guys who are complaining, who who are hired first in the morning, complaining, and he goes, "Was I being unfair? Didn't we have a deal?" Yep. You agree it's, to a denarius for a day. you agree to. Right. Yeah. That's not that's yeah. not unfair. The fact that they got the same as you, you might think that it's unfair that they got this, but you and I are being fair because this was, this was our deal. And, and so, I mean, and this is what's important for people to understand. And this is kind of, I break this down in the book. Um, and that is that um, there is progressive Christianity. I kind of alluded to this earlier. It, it is a focus on really Jesus as the great social organizer rather than the savior of the world. Right. They, they, it's a belief in what is known philosophically as the historic Jesus. And it is a, it is a theological position that strips of Jesus, anything to do with the divine, the miraculous, the, the virgin birth, the resurrection from the dead, all of these things. And it's literally a different, it's actually a person who never actually existed it, that they're worshiping. Cause it's just this, this, uh, this, this sort of Frankenstein piecing together of what they want to, you know, pick and choose. And, but that is the Jesus that they worship. And, and I don't even know if worship's the right term. It's the Jesus that they utilize. Yeah. Uh, because really what they're doing is they're using that Jesus, that version of Jesus, um, to basically justify some sort of socialist position. And, and it is, you know, Jesus the great reformer, great, Jesus the social organizer, rather than the savior. And it's why I say in the book that, you know, the left has exchanged the, the, the trinity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for this Marxist trinity of diversity, acceptance, social justice. And I think mean, it's growing. We're seeing it more and more. And I think it's something that should be concerning. And and we should, you know, kind of to speak to what your sister said, we should be worried about it. Yeah. Um, but I do think there's hope and the Lord wins in the end. And there's things that we can do uh, to be able to make a difference. So and I think it's interesting that you talked about how they, how they have this this view of Jesus. This is who he is. And it's it's and they have whether what they have a, the, an un. A, they have the same problem that the Jews had 2000 years ago is that they have the wrong expectation for a Messiah, right? The Jews of 2,000 years ago believed that the Messiah was going to come and, t- and, and liberate them from Rome, probably, possibly yeah. through a violent yeah. overthrow, right? Well, that's not, that's, not the, that's not what Jesus came for. That's not the Messiah he was supposed to be. And yep. then this Messiah that they have for Jesus now is not the Messiah Jesus was supposed to be. That's not who, that's <laughs> well, not you're who re- he was. You're remaking faith in your own image, essentially, right? And yeah. the country has a gaping hole right now because people are fleeing faith, they're moving away from it, or they're never even discovering it if they're in Generation Z. And so you're trying to fill it with something. Look at how the media covers Biden's faith. I mean, this is this week my video for the first is all about this issue of, you know, Biden's going to make his mark on Catholicism. In what world do you make your mark <laughs> on, a, on your faith? Right. You're not making your mark on your faith. The faith is supposed to make a mark on you and change you. The way that it's being discussed and talked about. I mean, there was you saw the Washington Post tweet yeah. a couple of weeks ago where they're literally saying these right wing bishops, you know, know, these right wing bishops are going after a very Catholic president who it's supports like, abortion. Wait, Biden's what? the very Catholic one and the bishops are right wing and they're right. not Catholic. No, the, the, the bishops are very Catholic. 
That's what they. That's what the post doesn't right. understand. Speaking of, so here's here's something crazy. I'm gonna I'm gonna give away this this the this the crazy twist ending at the end of your book. That priest from South America that you talked about liberation theology becomes the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> hey, so I will be, say. Go ahead. Well, you know, I mean, Billy, just to kind of to your point, like. You know, the story that we talked about, uh, we had shared, I think, with each other earlier about the, what is it, 50% now of Christians polled. Uh, was that by Pew Forum? I think yeah, did that. Pew. Yeah, yeah, Pew, Pew Forum poll that is now saying that 50% of Christians believe that casual sex is okay. I mean, that, I mean, like, that's where we're at. I mean, the, yeah. this left, which I'm not shocked by that. I mean, no. it's, it's, it's a terrible, it's actually you lower know, than I thought it was reality right but like that's that's why this book that's why i'm addressing yeah. these things is because the, i believe that there is a, and I, I don't i'm surprised more people haven't said this i actually haven't heard anybody else say this um but you know you've heard it here first right that go. um i believe that the, the the divide that we have in the church today between the christian left and what i'll call orthodox christianity is a greater divide than the divide that existed during the reformation between the Protestant church and the Catholic church. Yeah. And it, it is, I mean, the Protestant Catholic church were like, how do we want to take the Eucharist? What is the Eucharist? Like me, what's it look like? How do we do baptism? You know, uh, how do we do our order of our service? I mean, they were very like simple things. And yes, there's a difference between Protestantism and Catholicism. And obviously that, that argument and debate is still there, but I believe that both can exist in Orthodoxy. And they were both speaking and the same language. They were speaking the same language. And look, they both believed that Jesus was the Christ. They both believed in the virgin birth. They both believed in the resurrection of the dead. Right. I mean, they were believers. And yeah, there were problems really on each side. Indulgences. Um, Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And, and But, you know, look, Martin Sorry, Luther was God a mess, too. I mean, Martin Luther was like the Donald Trump of, you know, the the, the 1500s. I mean, it just um, I mean, he he was very bombastic. He was in he had this insult sort of culture that he created. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if he would have been on Twitter, he would have been kicked off of it. Um, but like there were errors on both sides, um, but they were both believers and they were both in orthodoxy. And, 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 you know, and I'm saying that generally speaking, obviously we could make arguments about Leo the 10th or something like that, you know, but um, we haven't had time to read about him. So you'd have to, well, make those I know arguments. you'll have to, you have to get the book. So he was the one, he was the one doing kind of uh, um, who inspired the indulgences because the, uh, the church was a little bit low on cash, um, you know, but like, the what we're seeing today, it's not just doctrine, doctrinal differences on a on, you know, kind of that level. These are major, major things. Is Jesus Lord? Is the Bible infallible? Um, you know, is it is do we believe in the sanctity of life? Like there are like is, is, is sexuality, you know, uh, um, the biblical version of, you know, kind of uh, uh, description of sexuality and gender, you know, are those true or is yeah. this sort of whatever variant? So the chasm is so much wider right now. And it's something's got to give. I mean, there's going to be some sort well, of major shift. Well, but is the major shift that we're sorry, Chris, you're no, going to go gonna... ahead, do it. Go. Well, I mean, is the major shift that we're inching toward what would be, whether that's 500 years from now, whether that's 20 years from now, whether that's five minutes from now, the end. I mean, you're not when you're talking about this being worse and different. It absolutely is. This is a systematic unraveling of everything. It's not just differences of small things it's actual differences over facts about very logical things that have been at the forefront and the basis of of humanity so the there seems to be something else happening here that doesn't mean you can't have little mini revivals it doesn't mean you can't have a revival at the same time but is it possible that we're actually describing the steps that you take before you trip down 
and kill yourself yeah. at the end of the <laughs> stairwell. Hey, I mean, look, I, I've been saying that just because, you know, God wins in the end and he redeems his church, everything else, it doesn't mean that the church in America always thrives. And so, you know, we have the ability to squander this this great gift that we have, which is our freedom and which is our, the, you know, the church in this country. And it's been a leader in the world and faith for a long time. But I think that everything from consumerism and, you know, liberalism and, uh, you know, he, you know, secular humanism and all these sorts of things have kind of crept in. And over time, uh, the church has shifted. And I think we have a loss of accountability. We have a loss of biblical literacy. There's an increase in biblical liter- illiteracy. And, um, you know, it's concerning. And so I-, I think that there is a path for us. And there's certainly a path for true believers, you know, to be able to thrive in any environment, whether it's persecution or, um, you know, or the uh, a time where Christianity is celebrating the state. Uh, but right now we have a state that wants to control the church. It wants a church that's subservient to it. And it, and the, the left knows they can't win elections unless they divide the Christian vote. And they're, yeah. they're going after that, you know, hard. And then one other element, which is not something, <clears throat> obviously, grab the Christian left, read it. But I think the other part of this that's making it even more complicated, and you could push back on this if you want, is the fact that the church, I mean, you've got Ravi Zacharias, you've got the Duggars, you've got, now these are individual cases but you also have churches that are completely divided over who to vote for and is politics coming before, you know, so culture seems to have come just like the 50% statistic, right? With sex culture has completely infested the church. So you have a battle going on over actual big issues of theology with the left. And at the same time, you have people who should know better, not doing better. And that is a real, but we're also told that will happen. Too. I mean, but so again, it's part of that. I think that for me, at least, this is just an, a a dope's perspective because you guys are obviously have looked into this more than I have. But my my gut reaction to it is, which makes it a big reaction, is that <laughs> that the church has become we have been become so focused on we have to fight this culture war we forgot what we are fighting the culture war over, because you talked about biblical literacy earlier, right? I want to have a discussion with somebody, even inside the church, about the divinity of Christ, right? We used to have that, de- that debate with, you know, with our Mormon friends, right? Because there's a the difference of belief between Christianity and, and Mormonism about the divinity of Christ. Now you bring up the word divinity of Christ with a lot of people inside the church to go, what does that mean? <laughs> right, right? Yeah. I mean, they don't, they don't know. The fact that they don't know Bible stories, the fact that I can preach a sermon on, on the story of Jonah and an adult in the room goes that's a crazy story i've never heard that before that that's what that that's where we're at right that i can yeah. tell bible stories that there are kids leaving that are graduating high school and leaving leaving churches kids who grew up in churches leaving churches and can't tell you basic bible stories right whether yep. you believe them or not that they can't even teach them to you yep yep totally true we, we and, got and, so focused know, on we got we have to stop the gays and we have to stop the abortion abortionists and we have to do this we have to stop the democrats and again all those things are things to discuss but, but they're distractions. So, we have become so focused on that that we've gotten away from the gospel. But you have to. So look, I don't think that we have to police the world from a morality standpoint as right. the church. And I think that's been a real focus in the past. And it's just made Christians come across bigoted and all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, uh, we can comment, we can address, we can speak to. But what we do have to do is we we are called to look inward. And I don't want to use the term police because I don't think that's the right term. But we are called to hold each other accountable as believers. Yep. And so, look, if there's somebody down the road who says, I'm not a Christian and they're living however they want to live and, you know, they're, they're kind of jumping into whatever is in vogue today. Uh, I, I don't have an opinion about that. I don't have to I don't have to judge that. 
But when I see somebody who says I'm a Christian and I think abortion is okay, or I'm a Christian and I want, and I support transgenderism, I believe that I have a, a, a an obligation in faith to address that. Yeah. And that's a different yeah. thing than just speaking to the world and what's going on out there in the world. The problem I, where I'm finding a struggle and why I'm like so much quieter on social media, I haven't been the last couple of days, but it's because I all, I agree 100%. But then I also feel like when I see the person saying, I know for a fact the election was stolen and that, that the Capitol was all Antifa, and I feel the same exact way. I'm like, <laughs> don't we have a responsibility, though? If, our, if people in our churches are saying these things with no evidence – and the world is seeing that as a representation of who we are. Do we all? So I don't know. I don't have the answer if to that. I'm not actually. Say, if they're saying that as a part as as part of their identity and identifying that with their faith, then yeah. I mean, yes. if it's if it's just somebody like listen, Joe Schmo, who happens to also go to that church and he's a believer and he's down there protesting the outcome of the election, I disagree with him. But it's not my job. If he can if he can coexist with me saying that's an I don't I don't buy it that there was that much fraud. If we can coexist and have those discussions then then, then that's fine. I'm but talking about the faith tie. Right? I'm but talking about the faith they, tie. If they are tying yeah. it to the faith thing, then yeah, then I think it definitely has to be addressed. Like I know Jesus told me yeah, there's a lot of this with the vaccine too. Like this is the mark of the beat. You know, it's like, okay, well what? You know, like I at least have the discussion. Sure. No, and I'm, and I, but I think we have to have those conversations. They're uncomfortable, you know, and I, and it's fine. You don't have to come to an agreement, but I feel within me the same reaction of, wait a minute, what are you doing? Like, if, if we're going to stand for truth, we have to be truthful. We can't just pick and choose. But having said that, I would say, I think the internal threat to the church is a major problem. But I think the the leftist distortion for the rest of the world outside of the church, telling people this is what Christianity is, is a major threat has been a major threat and i think the christian left you're tackling this in a way that really brings the issue to the forefront well i i appreciate you know i did a talk tonight here in indy and rented out a little uh, venue and and you know i live about three hours north of here but we had a decent sized group and um i did a probably 45 minute talk and then did a q a afterwards and uh it was it was awesome it was just uh i mean but hearing the questions i mean they were concerned i mean almost every single person who came you know, probably had their hand up for some sort of question. And, you know, how do I deal with this in my church? How do I know if my church has gone into this? You know, how can I help my pastor? Because I see them drifting into this. And I mean, there was just a real, and this is, you know, although again, we're red state, you know, this this area here that I'm in right now is fairly blue. And uh, I mean, people are coming up at the end just going like, hey, I need this so bad. Like, I'm just dealing with this. I'm struggling with this. And so I think more and more people are seeing the problem and just trying to figure out and navigate their way through it. Mm. Absolutely. So, Lucas, where can people go if they want to pick up this beautiful book, The Christian Left? And there's even a very pretty picture of Lucas on the back of Do it. Do you like how I like how the black is sort of shiny and the red is matte? I thought that was really cool. In the I do like the they did they did a nice job yeah, on the nice. cover design, which I'm sure you had nothing to do with, but they did a nice job on it. For the record, for the record, I did have a little bit of involvement on that. That's interesting because oh, usually yes. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. You, like usually you don't get a lot of involvement. So I have found a really great partner at Broad Street. They've just been awesome publishers um, and uh, just very excited to work with them. Uh, Carlson, the whole team there have been awesome. And so, yeah, I, it was actually sort of a combination. So I originally sent over, I wanted the red and black sort of negative space, you know, so the red sort of is the fill and the black becomes kind of this image and negative space. But I originally had an idea to kind of do that with Jesus's face. And I had found actually an image of, I don't know if I should say this or not, 
I had found an image of uh, it was a book on or a painting of Hitler that was sort of, you know, kind of this very like um, uh, provocative title and everything kind of addressing some of the horrors of of the Third Reich. And it just it just really stood out to me. And the I, I said, man, what if we did the same thing with Jesus's face? And we just started playing with it a little bit more. Their design team came back with with kind of that church seat. I just thought that that they nailed it, and so uh, it was it was really cool. And of course, the uh, the the sickle and the tilted cross yeah, really on good. the front. A lot of people think I made that up, but that's actually the symbol for Christian socialism. You know, most on the Christian left wouldn't use that or know that, but the the ones that are very deep into Christian socialism, that yeah. is a symbol they that's use. Really like good. Chris, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, I'm excited for you on this book. I'm glad that it's doing well, and we're going to keep pushing people to it. Where can they go? Like, where do you want to send people to buy? Because I'm sure you're just trying to send them right to prettylucasmiles.com. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a, you know, I mean, we've we've hit number one with the book on Amazon, which has been awesome. It certainly helps me as an author um, in three categories. Um, (laughs) And I had a goal, and I I posted this on Facebook, so you guys have already seen it and you've heard it, but um, I I had a goal to be in the top 1,000 on Amazon and to have a number one book. And we hit number one in three categories, and we hit 762. We could have hit higher than that, but I was like, it, we hit 762 like in the middle of the night, uh, and it's kind of hovered right around that uh, uh, that number. So it's been awesome. So um, you know, people they can obviously get it if it's more convenient to get it at Barnes and Noble or Amazon or whatever. But if they get it through LucasMiles.org, uh, I'm sending out autographed copies. So I don't know how long I'm going to do that for, but I'm at least doing it through the month of May. Um, and we've been shipping books like crazy from there. And so I sign them myself and, um, we ship them out. And if you, and the other thing that I'll say, and this is actually serious. If you have purchased the book on Amazon, Mm. especially if you have purchased it on Amazon, even if you didn't, but you have it, write a review of it or or at least give it some stars, you know, on, on, on that's a huge help. It it bumps it up it moves it up. It helps with the algorithms. It especially helps if you are a verified purchase, which I was because, as we all know, I paid full price when it first launched. <laughs> full, full retail. Price. Full price. Full, full price. price. I have a I have a friend in California. I'm trying to see if I can get him on the show to uh, talk to us about what's going on in California here. So, is this anybody um, we know? Is this anybody we know? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. He's he's calling me. One second. It's not. It's not Bruce. Is it? Do you suppose it's Bruce Jenner? You know, I was I, talking to my mom about that today. So, can you? Do you? What? What do you do? I, I know what I do if I'm in California. Can you imagine that you've got to pick? Like, here are the candidates, and the most viable one for the conserv for the Republicans is Bruce Caitlyn Jenner. I, how does that work? It's probably it's, going to be what happens. It's so disturbing. Because it's not, I couldn't vote for Jenner. Never, never. I would, I, I would be. I'm telling you what. Tell you what. I'll be totally honest with you. You put a gun to my head and tell me I had to vote for one, either Newsom or Jenner. I vote for Newsom. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And here's why. Very interesting. Here, and here's why. Because, I, and I'm I'm not saying this to be funny. I'm saying this 100 percent serious because it is a medical condition. Bruce Jenner has a very serious mental illness very serious and i don't i someone like that you can't trust them on any issues to to do anything sane well if you're if you're that mentally ill if you can't get the one the the number one question of human existence correct 
I don't trust you to get anything else correct. You know, you put you put Gavin Newsom in a in a in a room and have him spin a wheel. He'll get something right once in a while, maybe. But I don't trust I don't trust Caitlyn Jenner, at all. At I'm just all. watching Lucas on the phone here. And did you listen to his interviews? Did you listen to have you listened to his ads? Okay, I'm, I have not. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like you close your eyes. It sounds like Bruce Jenner on you know after several years of cocaine because I think he has a deviated septum. I got a buddy that's going to join us here oh, just great. for a minute or two and and tell us about. I think I interrupted his dinner. I think he's like out to dinner or something. He's like in that, California. He's yeah, he's from California. So he's and probably so, high. Um, his name's Pastor Joey, and so um, we've uh, uh, we've we've known each other for a while. And this dude is just every time I go to L.A., like he just like helps me. You know, he'll pick me up. He'll take me around. He, you know, just go to events with me. So he runs the uh, homeless shelter out there. He keep me out of trouble. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, yeah, he's, he's my sober companion. Um, no, you missed Chris saying that he was going to vote for Newsom over I didn't say I was Jenner. going to. I was he saying, would. He'd vote for I just Newsom. You put a gun to my head and say, either vote for Gavin Newsom or, or Caitlyn Jenner. I said I would vote for, I would, it, if you, if it came down to pulling the trigger, I, you know, I might just say pull the trigger, but I would probably <laughs> vote for, probably vote for Gavin Newsom. So we, yeah, I didn't, I just, I just told Joey we were talking, you know, California and you know we were gonna laugh for a minute and see what's going on on the ground out there I figure we need to talk to somebody from from uh yeah. SoCal and kind of see what's happening so I don't and, blame uh, oh there Joey, we go. what's going on man what's going guys so it's this is still is it still bright and light there right yes, now it's bright and light it, it here is, it's Southern California it's always bright even at night it's like 10 <laughs> 30 here yeah, what is wrong seriously. with you people <laughs> so Do we just interrupt your dinner yeah it's cool though no worries <laughs> So hey, Lucas. you got a you got a new uh, you got a new thing you're launching. Tell us about Tell, what wait, you're doing. Well, introduce introduce him. Oh wait, so, just, yeah, Lucas, don't be rude. Fanfare. Wait a this second. This is my. I forgot his fanfare. Oh, we got we got music for you. We got music for you. Our introduction. This is our special guest fanfare that we play with every special guest. We just had major uh, movie star Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, on. Sorbo was just so on before he, you. He, so, yeah. he got the same the same exact fanfare you're going to get. So here we go. I love you. All right, now go ahead and introduce him. All right, so this is this is my my good friend and uh, uh, just pal, uh, Pastor Joey Tejas, and just really glad to have you on. So I was saying before you came on here that every time like I go to L.A., like you're just like you're there. We you know we've done events together, and you kind of keep me out of trouble and, and zip around. And he's actually going with me to a conference I'm speaking at in uh, Myrtle Beach, uh, right noticed, after NRB. So I, I noticed um, that you did not include. You also, he also said you are his sober companion when he's in yeah, California. Yeah, I said you're my sober companion. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I'm, I'm the designated driver. So, works out. So um, tell us a little bit. I mean, obviously I know about it, but tell you got this thing going in your backyard that's pretty cool. So tell us about what's happening. Yeah, so Connection House uh, just felt like the Lord impressed it on us to, to just start a backyard uh, service. So we do it once a month right now. But we're but we're ramping up to do some more. We just had our first one official connection house uh, this last Saturday, so it was really rad. And then the following day, Sunday, we had uh, we had 15 vendors from all across Southern California in our front yard just posting up, and uh, it's a really cool way to connect with the community. Uh, this so, is kind of COVID inspired, right? Because like you can't, you know, stuff's been closed down, and so people are looking for new right. ways to kind of make things happen. Right. Like out here, like, you know, they closed down churches for quite a while. So we started 
a thing called Fireside all through COVID and just left our backyard open. We really felt like, you know, we, we should just keep our backyard open for whoever wanted to come. You know, we, you know, we, we really believe that gathering is important. And so, um, so it's just kind of turned into a, you know, a monthly service now that is an official Connection House uh, church. So uh, we're super stoked about it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you have any thoughts about the uh, the 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 Gavin Newsom uh, recall and Caitlyn Jenner and everything else we got going on out there? Man, it's it's crazy out here. So it's just a, it's just funny. I, I I just laugh a lot. So um, sorry, my wife was calling me right now. Um, <laughs> She's like, get no, back I, in here for it's dinner. A technical difficulty. Right. Yeah, it was, it was wife. No, um, it, no, it's I don't really think too much about it. I just think it's kind of interesting, but. Uh, Major, I think his name's Major uh, Williams or Major. I just know him by Major. He's running for governor too. He seems like an incredible candidate out here. So, uh, we're stoked about that guy. Yeah. All right. So, there's Chris, there's a third choice besides. Uh, I don't have to. There is. Yeah. There's, actually, there's quite a bit of people running, I heard. So, yeah. okay. All right. Very cool. That's crazy. Well, um, yeah. So, if somebody wants to get connected with Connection House, how do they do it? So, you can go to connectionhouse.org. Uh, you could find us there. Or you could find us uh, on Instagram at uh, underscore connection house and we can get connected there for sure. Awesome. Awesome. I'll awesome. be speaking Thanks out there so this much. summer too. Okay. So we, we need to, we always ask any, any guests who come on that we just kind of call out of the blue who have connections to Lucas. What is Lucas's most annoying trait? Other than <laughs> oh, wow. now, well, just a second. I must, I must first add, you are aware that he has a new book out called the Christian. I, I am. Okay. Yes. Well, he doesn't uh, other, talk about other, it very often, right. so other than, <laughs> other than the fact that he makes his dear, close friends and co-hosts pay full retail price for his books, what would be his most annoying trait? Wow. <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't even tell you. He's, would, he, do we have any he, funny he, stories? What's our, what's our funny story? Well, we first time I met Lucas was at uh, – I, I hit him up on Facebook. Was it Facebook? We, he was he was coming out to LA to do an interview with a guy from in the middle, and uh, that's where we met. But oh yeah, he's, I mean he's just focused and driven. So I you know I I couldn't really say something. I don't know anything. He's too exhausting, but in a good way. Right. No the the word the word you're looking for, the term you're looking for is pushy. <laughs> super focused. Super focused. For sure. There we go. That, Joey's my hype man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, or spin. He's spinning. I don't know. Yes. Either way. Yeah, either yeah. way. It's yeah. good. No, it's, no, all good. It's, it's all good things. All good things. That's right. You know, That's Lucas awesome. is a good egg. Well, Joey, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on and uh, saying hey for a second here and letting us interrupt your dinner. No, this was awesome. Thanks. Tell you right. Right. Welcome, you. Welcome to the church, boys. Tell the crew uh, we said hello. Cool. Nice meeting you guys. Hey, Thanks. Good to meet you. All right. Later. Bye. I'm telling you, Lucas. Lucas just like arrives in cities and is like chauffeur me. <laughs> he just stands out there and would anyone like to drive me around? Yeah, I'm coming to interview somebody. Be so, at the airport at 8 p.m. Uh, Funny story about this. Oh no. I um and I have a pond update too. Oh yes, thank God. <laughs> but uh, so I did a video for a company that is a. They're basically it's a it's a it's like a black car limo service in uh in south bend and we did a video for him and it's this it's a guy and you know he's getting started he's he's you know kind of building his business american dream sort of thing 
and uh, uh, actually immigrated here. Really just great guy. We've hit it off. He's a believer. And I was trying to help him out, you know, and like our video company were, you know, I had a client here recently say, I know that you guys are kind of the caviar of video production here in South Bend. And, you know, nobody else has done film production stuff or whatever at that level. And, and, you know, he said, Hey, you know, is there a way you can help me? And so I gave him just this sweetheart deal, but I said, here's the deal. Like I can do it for this, but I need a couple rides to the airport and back and, around town a little bit else so we we negotiated so i got a couple airport trips in nice. the uh in the black car nice. um i almost had to drive me down to indianapolis so yeah there might be a little <laughs> truth to that i'm going to, by the way if you're going to sit at that angle i'm going to have to insist that you undo a button uh <laughs> you're getting awfully comfortable there <laughs> my, I, I drove down here my my like it's like three hours down my butt hurts i've been you know talking standing everything else I'm I, Chris. It's ten thirty at night here. Oh, Billy and I are like you guys are about to turn into pumpkins. I normally have like you know at least sweatpants on the bottom half here, right. and I'm I I flew in the door from my speaking event. And Billy's I'm still going, going. but this is rather a Magnum PI so shirt, sure, isn't it? I had quite the day. I interviewed Candace Cameron Bray for a half oh, yeah. an hour, and Scott Bayo for a half an hour, and, you were sure and to I also tell spoke them, with Shannon Fields for half an hour. You were sure to tell them that they needed to come on the Church Boys soon. I did not. Oh, <clears throat> but. Would you wear something that unbuttoned this low when you were interviewing them? No. <laughs> um, but it was nice to see Candace. I didn't, yeah. you know, it was nice to see it was nice to catch up with them and then I had to do this. So I do you ever feel at the end of the day Luke is tired of talking? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I feel tired of talking, especially to you two. Because I, my, I feel my like my throat will hurt sometimes. Like if I do too many interviews or too many events and stuff, it's yeah. like you're or just, just or, or if you just say too many times, number one on Amazon. Number one on Amazon. <laughs> I mean, after you say that a hundred times a day, you know, yeah. I actually sent I sent Candace a book today. Of course you did. I had a store. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. To Directly the, to, to her the, house, to like stalker style, to or I'm not gonna say to the dummy address. It was welcomed. It was welcomed. Good. Good, Very nice. Very nice of you. At least least she was polite about it. It might not have really been welcomed. Well, she has a nice fireplace I saw in the background today, so she needs kindling, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I said this will be a great coaster. (laughs) (laughs) Ripping pages out of different coasters all over the house. Put this on the bookshelf right next to Playing With Fire. She actually read it, and she told—I don't know—she finished it. She said she was freaked out reading it. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if she actually read it, but I hope she reads yours. And we got to get—we got to make sure that your book stays number one on Amazon. We got to make need, sure. I need the help of all of Brazil. That's right, Brazil. To make get, a, sure get on it, Brazil. That this book stays at number one. So, are you doing an audio version of this? Will you be? Doing I that? so here's the thing. I love the whole book writing process yeah. the speaking tour the press i love it all and i really thought i was gonna love doing mm-hmm. my audiobook Mm-mm. it is one of the most painful mm-hmm. slow agonizing things i have ever done mm-hmm. and we got we did the first round which is about three chapters because you know i can only do about three chapters at a time and you're just like you're dead yeah and it's about an hour a chapter like straight reading your voice hurts everything else um, back hurts. And, uh, I did about three or four chapters. It was all good. We sent it in. We did another three chapters in another session 
And it was like a week later, we sent that in and I found out that there was like a technical glitch on it and I have to oh, redo those no. three chapters again. That's so awful. we're like a third of the way through the book. It's been slow and between me traveling and the, the audio engineer traveling, it's just been hard to connect. So uh, we, it is in process. It will get finished, but it'll probably be, you know, midsummer or something before we actually get and that out. And will there be a Kindle version of this book? There is a Kindle version oh, already. Right. Yes, yes. It, I, I'm. Yeah, I believe I saw that on Amazon. So yeah, there's Kindle version now. Uh, um, full, obviously, physical version and audio version to come. Uh, you know, here before too long. With it, with, uh, it, with yeah. it being such an incredible number one bestseller, will it be being put into other languages? Or since it's because it's so America focused, it wouldn't be. Would be need to. Uh, you know, uh, we've actually had requests already from uh, the UK and Germany. Now, both of those would probably be fine with an English version. Um, and so, you know, uh, I haven't heard yet about Latin America, but I mean, as you know, I'm sure Billy can tell a lot of times the author's like not always the first to hear that it's getting translated in yeah. another language. So, so, well, yeah. so um, if, wait, if the UK contacted you interested in you translating it to an what would you be translating they weren't interested in translating they were just interested in i'm like sorry a, if i said like that wrong publishing they it. were oh, interested oh. hey okay. when is it coming over here and getting released in the gotcha. uk and in germany gotcha. that's like a whole like i found out one day i went to my mailbox and my first book armageddon code it was like oh it's in some african language like it's going out i forgot what country it was even i was like i have no idea where this and they changed the cover and everything you know, when they do that and they don't tell you, like I found out about the Latin American one for playing with fire that comes out this summer on Amazon. I was like, Oh, huh. that's just emerged on my Amazon page. So, you know, yeah, I don't quite know how it all works, but it's awesome that you're getting that because if you can get it out there to more people. Yeah. Yep. And they, it's usually another book release too. you know, another it's, it's at a later date. Like mine yep. is a year after the original release. Right. So, yeah. So it, cool. I, I think that that's coming, you know, Australia, UK, probably Germany, you know, at least some of these places where English copies can do well. Um, I'm, you know, ho I'm, my, I'm hopeful for other languages. It'd be certainly cool to have it in Spanish. Um, and uh, is it and, also you know, like on? Beyond. Is it on? So it's on Kindle. Is it on other uh, electronic apps? Is it like on the the Apple Bookstore? All that's Do you know? Right. No idea. Right. I have no idea. I would assume so. I mean, I think it's. Chris, it's a number one book. It's got to be paid, everywhere, right? The, number one bestseller. Number one bestseller. Do you get paid the same whether someone buys a print copy or a paper or a, a, a electronic copy? I mean, tell him, tell I mean, him, reveal it, reveal the secret that no, no, nobody no, makes any money back until. I don't want you telling me what helps. So, you, what helps? <clears throat> I'm asking you because I legitimately what helps yeah. you the most. What helps me the most financially is if somebody buys it direct from me. Okay. Um, now Friend. that's a double-edged sword too, because like I've bought copies, right. That I'm selling as an author at, a, at like my discounted rate. Uh, but those copies are already, it's already a copy that's out. And right. so, you know, when somebody buys a copy on Amazon, that's a sec that's a whole nother round of copies that don't count in the copies that I bought. So when you're looking at overall sales numbers, it actually helps me more, you know, if, you know, for live events, obviously I'm selling them in person, but for sure. people out there in the world, are getting them on these platforms and that moves the the kind of needle on these sales numbers and sales numbers you know you know you basically typically with a book you may or may not get in advance which i won't reveal on this um you, you know and so you may or may not get in advance uh, if you do get in advance then sales that are online or you know whether it be kindle or or uh, audiobooks or physical copies that money that revenue is coming in and going against your advance so you right. don't have to pay your advance back if you don't make it up 
uh, unless you have a really bad contract. Yeah. Um, but that you would, it would go against your advance. So if you, if somebody got, you know, let's throw out an outrageous number. If somebody got $50,000 for an advance, um, then they have to sell $50,000 worth of books before any sort of royalty would right. kick in. Right. And, and that would uh, then come in after that. So most authors, the majority, vast majority of authors never see another cent after their advance. Yes. They get paid in advance of some sort, you know, if they're lucky and then they get something. Some people don't even get an advance and they still don't see any money beyond the copies they sell. Yeah. And so that's why it's really advantageous for an author to kind of get out there and speak and everything else, um, you know, and just and hit the road with it. So um, well, you're doing you're you're hustling because that's what you have to do. Right, and I, doing the, doing the, interview, the interviews, the podcast stuff and the and the TV stuff. That's the big stuff because you, you do a, you do a live at event and try to sell books. Right. You're selling yeah. books. Well, it doesn't count. You know, the, the big win that I had this week, uh, I mean, one of many really was um, I sent a book to um, Bill Johnson's wife at Bethel Redding, uh, Benny Johnson. And, uh, you know, I, I I mean, I really didn't have an expectation that she would share it. And uh, she dove into it. She shared it on Instagram. And it got like, I, I haven't looked at it in, in a day or so, but it was like almost 2,000 likes or more oh, wow. uh, that this thing got. And I mean, I'm sure that that post alone, I mean, there was just hundreds of comments of people just saying ordering now ordering now ordering wow, now that's great and and she said like look i'm wearing a highlighter out reading this thing it's just been so good and you know we need more books like this and and had a big quote from my from me in the book and um so that was super cool so i mean but it's just there's been a lot of kind of these god opportunities just did john cooper's podcast um on uh from skillet on monday that released abby johnson released today with me and so um and i think i'm back on newsmax um at the end of the month uh, on another program. I don't remember which one. Billy, when he said Benny Johnson, did you have someone else in mind? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he follows well, that. He follows sure. that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm aware of that Benny as well. But no, that, that Benny has not gotten Benny, a book. Benny, well, Benny. I would listen, give him a book. Wait, wait, wait. If you, I was just about to say, if you're willing to give Benny a book and I bought mine. <laughs> yeah. I our friendship full. might be over. There's retail. I'm there's kidding. A, I want to support you. I'm just I'm, people hear me complain about that. Listen, it's shtick. I'm happy. I'm more than happy to buy these two clowns books. No, but you know, I'll tell you something. Like nobody wants to write I, these people who are out there like thinking that book writing is this glamorous thing. Lucas is working his butt off. It's not. Nobody should ever write a I'm book if they think it's going time. to be. A lot of people write books just because they want to be out there yes. and they want to have their name out there. And they, you should never write a book unless you really care about the topic. That's my view on it. 100%. I know like there's no point because yeah. right. and I guess if you like and attention type, and you're and the two of you, the, your type of book writing is very different from like a, a Brad Thor, or, you know, or a Brad Meltzer kind of right. The word of the writing thrillers or whatever. This is a totally sure. different world. I mean, the only person having fun writing books like you was back when Ann Coulter was in her heyday. Right. And she's, yeah. she's well, getting $500,000 million contracts. Well, and I don't even know if I would ever, if I'll ever write a book again. Like I don't, there's no vision in my mind. It's like, if God's going to drop a project in front of me, that's great. And the last time that's really what happened. It was like, here, you're going to do yeah. this. And it's like, yeah, I don't I, know. On the other hand, I'm already considering the next book, but we'll figure out that. So there's nothing wrong with that though. If yeah. it's because it's something you care about. Well, you know, I, I love writing. I really do. It's one of my favorite things that I do of, you know, kind of, you know, speaking, producing. I mean, I enjoy a lot of the stuff that I do, but writing is is really high up there. And I think I love the research and the reading that goes into kind of pre-writing, uh, you know, aspects to it. Um, and I'm, I mean, I know that I have more books kind of in me, but it is, it's an exhausting process. And the writing itself is tiring, especially once deadlines start kicking in. But I mean, it's really been, 
I mean, I wrote all last summer, you know, I mean, eight to 10, sometimes 12 hours a day and very few breaks. Uh, got a little bit of a break from like August till November waiting for the election so I could write my conclusion. They ended up having me add a new chapter during that time period. So I went back into writing that uh, on the Christian cabal. Uh, and then I wrote the conclusion. And then really since January 1, um, I've been in promotion mode. And so probably since February, I've been averaging two to five shows a day hmm. um, every day. You know, I mean, and certainly there's some gaps in there. I'm not doing them on the weekends or whatever. But uh, I mean, I've done over 100 shows in two and a half months. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, you're tired and um, and it's and that's this just starts then the speaking tour. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going almost every single week someplace. That's great. Though. Uh, you know, which people, if they want to find out, they can go to lucasmiles.org and click on speaking and they can see where I'm going to be. So then we really want people to buy these books and help you out financially, because if you get help financially enough, you'll be able to finish that pond in the backyard, and then you can spend your time <laughs> writing your next book seated next to your pond. He could even sit, yeah, sit right next to the overpriced. Get all that inspiration. <laughs> oh, man, yes, this is true. So have this there been true. have there been some... You said you have an update. Have there been technical difficulties with the, uh, so, with the pond? So uh, I wouldn't say technical difficulties, uh -huh. um, but there have been a few interesting things. Uh, are, so, are, we dis are we discovering that perhaps the pond man was actually just really literally, like I said, a, a hole digger? He was more of a hole digger. Yeah, he that's was what I told digger. you. Yeah. Uh, now, we, we, Doug is a friend now. We've enjoyed him. I think he's, he's a very honest hole digger. And so, um, you know, he, we had a little snafu. We had some really nice rock he was bringing in, mm -hmm. uh, some, uh, what do you call it? Uh, not slate, but some like marble. It some was marble. kind of marble. Granite, it was maybe? kind of this okay. granite, you know, stuff that he was bringing in. And, uh, so he gave me the price for it. Right. And, um, there was zero that he forgot. Oh, so well, I was told it was $75 for two tons. And it was seven hundred and fifty dollars for two tons. So the truck was on there its way. Book advance, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the book was on, or the, not the book. The, the box truck was on its way to our house with two tons of this rock. And now that I didn't order the rock, Doug did. So Doug would have been the one stuck with the bill, right? Oh, yeah. And so you know, because we paid him and gave him kind of a budget for this. And so he texts me and says, hey, I messed up. I I had to call and cancel the, the rock because I misunderstood the price or they gave him a wrong price or whatever. So that was the price for limestone and not, not granite. So, uh, but he's making some progress. He's creative. He found some rocks someplace. He so might he have did, took them from one of my neighbor's ponds. He hasn't I don't know. accidentally filled in the hole. No, it's okay. not filled in yet. We're we're considering that if it doesn't make it here soon. He's told me that we will have a pond ready to go by Mother's Day. Now, as of right now, I am highly skeptical. But what, what that would mean is, is that our next episode I could do from the pond. I was going to say, isn't that like three days from now? It's really soon. Okay. I was it's really soon. Yeah. Getting concerned. We still don't have a fountain. Uh, he has used some mortar kind of to hold some of the stones together. And uh, there's, it sounds there's like a crisis. There's a few things that could go wrong here. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's it's a little rough. 
it's a little rough. It's it's a cabal, as you would say in your book. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's all right. Kind of interesting. Well, we should probably um, wind it up here. So, any, yeah. any other any other pond updates that we need, or that the listeners might? How's okay? Here's the, here's the question: How's okay. Chrissy handling this? You know, Chris Chrissy's a she's a pro with this stuff. As she, in, as in, she says, Lucas, you handle this. No, she's actually Chrissy is really good about handling like she's good at managing people. I'm good at like getting stuff initiated and then I'm out. Like I don't right. want to think about it anymore. It's like I did my part. I got it started. I'm done. I got on to other things. Right. Um, but she's a good manager. Now, you know, I see Doug probably more because Chrissy actually leaves the house before I do uh, most days. And then Doug will be rolling in, you know, about the time that I'm leaving. And and uh, so I'll, you know, chat and get updates and everything else. But, you know, he's he's doing fine. We're going to make it. All right. So she's sure. a, she's a canine. I just want I just have a bunch of fish in my basement and I'm looking forward to getting those out of there. Well, you know, if the if the whole book thing falls through and you're needing food. I've actually told Chrissy that I think we should start a pond company. Okay, I, I'm done. Now I'm officially I think, done. I think with a little bit of management of Doug, we could really get this thing off the ground. Doug could be your foreman. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that the pond hasn't worked out quite as well as um, as Chrissy had hoped. But it's going. But I do take joy in the fact that it's going about as well as we had predicted. I wonder if he'll have any birth persons over to watch it. The Church Boys. I'm happy to let you know that I am one. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs>